Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try to elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. I'm glad to be here. Have you been following all the IHOP, IHOB craziness with their name change? Oh, you're talking to the guy. Pancakes. Yeah, you love pancakes. Who owns ultimatepancakeblog.com. Uh, that's amazing. Ultimatepancakereviews.com and a few that's, You need to change your career. <laughs> Drop this podcast thing. Forget about the builders and just be a pancake travel blogger. I think there is. Oh. You could be an influencer. Pancake influencer. Absolutely. That would be amazing. Yes. My gram game will be off the charts. It will be off the charts. So they changed their name. I'm sure you saw this. Everyone saw this, right? Um, International House of B. They were keeping it a secret for a while, and then they announced it, and then the internet went crazy because it went to burgers. And you're like, "What? <laughs> that makes no <laughs> sense." And you see the menu, and you're like, "But what I did, what I did read, is that um, IHOP is being quite. They're dodging the question on if that's permanent. They're just not saying if it is or isn't. Oh, really? Yeah, no. I yeah. thought it was. It was definitely not permanent. I just can't even imagine the cost. Uh, oh. changing all the branding out around Could all their stores all the every oh that sounds like an awful job whoever has to be in charge of that like auditing like okay we did everything no, we think now go and change it's it. got to be just a stunt for sure i mean mm-hmm. I, I thought it was going to be for bacon or maybe breakfast oh but bacon um, would have been good and get ron swanson for anyone that watches parks and rec or get the manliest <laughs> of men that could have been that would have been a lot better no, it's it's going to be temporary. And all they were going for was the hype, which, you know, that part worked. It's interesting that so many people care about someplace they don't ever go. <laughs> no, I don't even know where um, one is. Of course, I'm not by an interstate, which I feel like certain restaurants like Cracker Barrel, uh, Waffle House, like they're closer to some the some good interstate. pancakes at Cracker Barrel. They do. Fruit I, with whipped cream. Oh my, I like all stuff. their stuff. I like all their stuff. But yeah, I, then I saw uh, Burger King change their name temporarily to Pancake King. Which I'm like, that's that might actually be better than. Uh, you know what? That, my favorite uh, tweet was from Wendy's, who said something to the effect of, "Yeah, we're not too afraid of a company that's not even confident in their ability to sell pancakes." Oh, something burn. to that effect. <laughs> it's burn, like, burn, burn. As much as I'd love to talk about food, yeah. um, I do have one other tease. You know, we like to keep keep the rumor mill up and running. We do have something that's coming uh, very soon for. All the home builders and developers out there, not just for Do You Convert Builder Partners, um, but it'll be available for everyone. Everybody. And we are pretty sure you're going to like it. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And that's all I'm going to tell you. That's right. And yeah. it's free. Free. And it's for everybody. If it's free. Uh, it's Andrew, let's, let's get over to story time. Let's, yeah. let's tell story some time. tales by the fire. Ooh, here's some tales. So Facebook, way back when Facebook decided to be crazy and give their access to everybody and they downloaded everyone's account. And as a result, a lot of targeting options are going away that we as uh, people trying to sell homes and get leads for people to buy homes usually use, even though if you think about it, there's renters and home, there's homeowners. So all these different targeting options on Facebook are going away. Um, So we have to somehow work around that. And so we've been testing some really cool things and it's working. I'm just super pumped about it. I think I've sent like 10 screenshots to Kevin, like, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. I think some even made my social stuff. 
Um, I don't know. It's, it's cool. So what at first looked like a challenge and like a, oh no, what's going to happen? And this is like every industry is affected by, by the different targeting options turns into like, hey, let's just see what other ways we can do this. Um, and Facebook is still, they're limiting some stuff, but if you understand the system and understand how they work, you can really take advantage of it and actually get better results than you had before. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped. Being secretive about not saying exactly what, what I'm doing, what we're doing, but that's the way it's going to go because it's that cool <laughs> and that, that's sneaky. I'm like James Bond over here. Well, is it uh, on on the testing that that we've mm -hmm. been doing? Is there a certain campaign um, type, not Facebook campaign, but is there a certain type of community or page, or is there like are these all for coming soon communities that we're testing out? Um, so it's it's for everything, but the initial, okay. if we think about like, okay, what is the quickest lead generation activity that is coming soon? So that's a good mm -hmm. place to start and test things, just because the feedback is is near instant. You could run some ads today, do something today, and then check in tomorrow and go, oh, cool, that worked. And that the result should should stay about the same. Sometimes Facebook gives you like this initial boost and you're like, wow, I'm amazing. And then a day later, you're like, oh, okay, I guess I I guess it's just average. Um, so you you kind of start there because you know like, cool, we got 20 leads in one day for a dollar fifty per lead, um, or whatever the the metrics are. And then you could kind of re yep. spread that process out to to the other leads, um, like where you're promoting a submarket or a community or just a general market ad, new homes throughout Tampa. Uh, but the same theory should work across the board. Just your numbers are, are different. You know, coming soon, we could get thousands of leads um, quite efficiently, but getting thousands of leads for people who are ready to call or see a home that week or that, that month is a little bit different. There's just, there's just less buyers at that given moment. So we can't expect the uh, results to be exactly the same as far as a cost per lead. The main takeaway, even though we're not divulging the strategy, is just that I've, I'm seeing some people in the industry saying, you know, hey, everyone just calm down. Nothing's really changing. And, and that's not the case. It's um, not, <laughs> things not, things no. are definitely changing. And uh, so if you aren't testing a different strategy or working with someone who's got a different uh, strategy ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, might, uh, might be nervous. Good thing you're listening. Then. Right now it, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right now it may feel like nothing's changing, but it's about to. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 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 Definitely. All right. Well, my, um, my story is from an actual call that I had where I was talking to a marketing leader who was struggling a little bit in terms of just relating to the rest of the organization. Maybe the other Parts were saying, what all is marketing doing? Are they doing it well enough? Not really understanding the, the full value that marketing was providing. And as we're going through and we're, we're looking at the data and, and, and coming up with insights and strategies, at some point in there, I said, now, how does the data that we're looking at in the analytics compare to what's in the CRM? And this individual just kind of responded very matter-of-factly, oh, oh, I don't go there. Mm, I, don't, <laughs> I, I said, don't what? Either. Well, that's just, that's, you know, that's the sales world and they don't really keep it very well organized anyway. And oh my. so I can't hundred percent trust that data. And so I just, I just don't go in there. It just struck me that that's what you're ultimately going to be held accountable for anyway. You know, the yeah. names that are in that CRM mm -hmm. is where marketing really ends in the, in the traditional sense of I've brought you this prospect 
And that's where sales begins. And so if you can't go into a, a boardroom and say, oh no, analytics says there's lots of people out there looking at our stuff. Hope, you know, hope, hope they are doing something. Uh, and so to just not go in the CRM at all, you don't have to be an expert, but you need to understand how to do the basics and to be able to run basic reports, like the number of new prospects for a community or for the entire company over a period of time. You need to be able to run reports like of the people who have purchased, which advertising source um, are they being attributed to? Uh, just some of those basic pieces. You don't have to be a wizard, but to just look at the CRM and say, no, we don't. I don't go in there. Um, you're going to be sorry for that perspective. Yeah, that's that's terrifying. That's like the the truth. That is that is what actually happens. As far as like, I'm thinking back to analytics. Whenever we test, say conversion tracking, it's always against what is actually in the system. Not like, oh, analytics said we had 50 leads last month for this community, and then you go into your CRM and it says 42. It's you know the answer is 42, not 50. Um, as far as what actually happened. That, exactly. That is crazy. That sounds very stressful <laughs> to never go with that. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. All right. All right. Let's uh, hop into the first article uh, from the news. And um, this one is from slate.com. And the title of it is, Why Aren't We All Buying Houses on the Internet? And if you'll remember, there was much to do about one third of millennials making an offer on a home that they've never seen um, just through the internet. And so the hype machine's out in full force that everyone's just going to buy stuff online. Um, and this article kind of sheds a different light. You know, I'll just pick out a couple of different pieces and then we can talk about it mm -hmm. here. It says nearly nine in 10 Americans use an agent, a real estate agent to buy and sell their home. Last year, residential, com residential commission revenue was somewhere in the range of 75 billion. Wow. Uh, obviously, the market's fragmented. No one agent gets the majority of that, but agents are still used heavily in the buying and selling of homes. And the article basically goes on to say that um, Zillow, who is obviously the name that, that everyone knows um, the, the best, is ingenious in their strategy to continue to partner with agents versus trying to simply replace them. Mm-hmm. And so it argues that, hey, one of the reasons that startups aren't able to disrupt the industry like they would like to, even though they might have really cool technology or a unique offering is at the end of the day, nine out of 10 homes currently are being sold by an agent. And so to try to cut them out entirely versus partner with them the way that Zillow does is a big reason why Zillow has become more successful. Now, there are certainly agents out there who would argue <laughs> about whether they like Zillow or not from an agent perspective because mm -hmm. they don't understand what what Zillow what value Zillow provides but any thoughts that you have on this one Andrew the first thought was like 75 billion in commission some people might be like oh that's ridiculous but that's also that's their income as far as like a realtor goes so that's i don't know there's a huge system as far as if you were to mm -hmm. think about like how do we replace realtors let's get rid of them you first have to go that's 75 billion dollars in in income um that would probably be replaced to be different jobs. Um, so that's, I don't know, that's like a whole other conversation somehow, but it does seem like if you are working with technology, kind of like Uber, Uber and taxis. So there's always been taxis and then Uber comes along. They're not replacing taxis or, or I guess they kind of are taxis versus Uber, but you're still getting in a car, paying someone to drive you somewhere. So it's just the technology is different. So that technology was more efficient. And then here comes Zillow, which is, I think we might actually be 
Zillow was kind of like Uber, except it was years ago before you said the Uber of XYZ <laughs> industry, because yeah. Zillow is this easy access to the information of what homes are available and connecting e more easily with, with the person selling the home. Um, so yeah, whoever takes advantage of the technology will, will win and, and sell the most. Um, but the hard part is it's not like there's this repeat transaction all the time with mm -hmm. homes. So I, where did I go? Oh, it was, um, it was in, where was it? I forgot my last trip before, before I was up in Columbus a, a couple of weeks ago, I did like 12 different Ubers. Oh, it was in North Carolina for a wedding for a friend. We did 12 Ubers over the course of a day and a half. It was insane. Uh, so it's like repeat, yeah. repeat, repeat, repeat. So the inefficiencies of uh -huh. a taxi would have been insane, you know, calling to schedule, calling to schedule or, or downloading the local taxi app, but because Uber was more efficient. So it doesn't have that real estate doesn't have that same disadvantage of the frequency of transactions to really expedite change. You know, it's like you buy a home once, yeah, and maybe and that, it's 10 years later or even longer or maybe less. I don't know what the average is, but that frequency of, oh, this is such a pain is not there. So maybe the pain point, even though it's a long process, it, it's painful, but it's not that big a deal because it's not that frequent. Yeah. Or I think one of the things that the, I mean, the quote is in real estate, a satisfied customer isn't coming back anytime soon. Ooh, and that's true, like but that, that also just might be delaying um, the effect of the shift. So once it is compounded and, you know, if you've used the house I'm in right now, we got because of uh, filling out a form on Zillow, the agent responding to us instantly. Mm -hmm. um, we will not have any qualms about going through a similar or better process with Zillow next time. Nope. Um, but so it, it may just compound the, how fast it all shifts when it does shift. It might be a delayed factor, but then after seven to 10 years go by and this technology is in place and all of a sudden that shift may happen much faster when it does occur. That's right. Change. What's up next? Next one. Here's a nerdy one for all us nerds out there. So in July, Today's the 15th, the 14th of June. Uh, we're recording this on. So in July, I don't have an exact date. Um, Google will be updating their algorithm to take into account speed. So the title, and this is from searchengineland.com, the Google speed update page speed will become a ranking factor in mobile search. So mobile search is taking over as far as more people are searching on mobile. So the speed of your mobile how it loads on a mobile device, not connected to Wi-Fi in particular. Um, so like 4G, 4G LTE, wherever this person is, will be a big factor in will your site rank or not, or how high will it rank on mobile search when they're on the mobile device. That's a lot of mobiles there. Does that make sense? So they're going to take that into account. And so I ran some testing. Um, there's a super cool... Super cool tool if you're using Google Chrome. Um, we'll have it in the show notes, but it's called Lighthouse. And it's my favorite one so far out of all like the speed testing tools because it gives a lot more granular data and it, and it really shows you in more detail like what exactly you need to change. So you load up your site and then it loads it as if it's from a wireless connection, not on Wi-Fi. So it's a little bit different than just loading it in Chrome or a page uh -huh. testing tool. And I was very surprised at, at, at the slowness sometimes of some sites. Um, so there will be some work for some people, a lot of people. Um, but the good thing is using that tool, every site was slow everywhere. Um, for the most part, there were some, like I did Amazon and they of course killed it. Um, Google super fast, like the big players, very fast, of course. Um, yeah. 
So that'd be in the show notes. It's called Lighthouse. The page, I, I don't know if, if Lighthouse solves this problem, but the, and I know the article also references that their page speed um, tool has been updated. The, the mm -hmm. knock on that from my perspective has been that if you're trying to get, you know, a perfect mobile score, um, it definitely seems to have an unfair weighting on certain pieces. Like the, you can have, and that's why I always say double check real life experience to the tool and Lighthouse may be better at this than others. However, if when you pull up and you're on an LTE connection, if the site loads in one second visually in front of you or two seconds, mm -hmm. but the page speed score says you have a D, um, eh, I mean, now in terms of how Google's going to hit you on the ranking in July, that, that may be a different story yep. and hopefully the new tool. But in one case, it gave a green light to everything except for there was two images that were slightly larger and said, you know, you can compress these to save 15%. Yeah. And, it, and it gave the website a, a D, D for 15%. So, yeah, that's, that is not much. Yeah, it's, it definitely grazed it on a here's perfection and here's everything that's not perfect. Um, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, um, this is from the article, um, the intent of the search query is still a very strong signal. So a slow page may still rank highly if it has great relevant content. So they'll, they'll yep. put up with a slower page if people are using it, which you know the Google monitors as far as they type in a question, they go to your site, hoping for that answer. And if they're on that site for a fair amount of time, then that's, you know, that's, that's a win, that's a plus. Uh, but if they go to the site, yep. leave, come, go back to the search results, Google's going, oh, no one's liking that website. Uh, there might be something wrong there. And the last one we got is um, actually breaking news. Da -da 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 it is. As of today, I, I, I got two emails about it while we we're sitting here, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a brand new startup um, under underneath the Builder's Digital Experience uh, company, but they're calling it a startup. Don't really know exactly what that that means. If there's different management in place, I haven't read all of the all the press release in detail yet, but. It is a new website that uses the data that's already on newhomesource.com uh, mm -hmm. being syndicated from builders all over the country. However, the, the interface is a room by room experience. So when you load it up, uh, you click on kitchens uh, and then it asks you, well, which part of the country do you want to look at kitchens from? And I put in Columbus, Ohio. And then I am confronted with um, lots and lots and lots of different kitchen images and I can heart them or love them. Uh, in the corner of it and start to build this library of pictures that I that I love. The first thing that struck me is how similar um, builders products look. <laughs> so just from a product they development stand, standpoint, it's like, man, I can only look at that same basic kitchen with the same color cabinets so many times. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely going to be a potential drawback to this layout is very quickly your eyes start to glaze over because everything looks the same. Um, the second thing that I noticed is that very quickly you will see the same picture again and again and again. So it never stops loading, but it's essentially just putting you in a hamster wheel where you're going to see the same pictures again. Um, it's not it's not a bad thing. It's very much like a house kind of uh, interface. Yeah. There's definitely some potential here, but um, as an initial release, you know, I was a little bit underwhelmed, predominantly by my assumption, and of course that's a dangerous thing to make was. The way that it was being talked about was I made an account, saved my favorites, and I would thought it was going to use machine learning and AI to yep. kind of suggest homes that I were the perfect fit for me. At the end of the day, it seemed to be just taking every time I liked a picture, 
it was a direct correlation to that that community that that home was from, Ooh, which I could have okay. gotten just by clicking on the center of the picture to begin with. Gotcha. So, so it's it not by like, like, oh, you really like kitchens with white cabinets. I don't know. Some something. That yeah, they, it they does not appear to be doing that at all. No. Interesting. So my my experience because I saw this, I saw it uh, in an email, I saw it on Facebook group, and then you know, Kevin and I talked about it. I went there. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put in. So I live in Seminole, Florida here, which is right by the beaches mm -hmm. in Tampa. I put in Seminole. Nothing happened, which is sad because there's no new homes in Seminole um, <laughs> that are that are on there. But I'm like, well, and then what? Like, so I'm like, OK, I guess I'd go backwards. I'll type in Tampa. And just with my the way just really any city. But I feel like my place might be worse. You don't drive over the bridge. That's like an hour if you're going to do that. Like there's certain things you don't do. So. I'm like, oh, I'll type in Tampa. I started clicking on. Did you start with kitchens? I started with kitchens. Oh yeah, everyone's. That's funny. Everyone's gonna start with kitchens. I'm like, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. And then, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I would never live at any of these places. Like the city, not, not the home. I like live in the home all day long. Beautiful, price was perfect, all that stuff. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to live. Of course, I'd have to put in Tampa. But Tampa is broad. But I had to use Tampa as a search because of like the. The lo locality of where mm -hmm. I am, there's that's what I had to do. Um, so I almost went. It took. It was like an extra step. Here you like this home, it's beautiful, but oh shoot, I don't want to live there. So let me go backwards. It almost was like you need to search by location first, and then you could start looking at what's pretty. It was like what it reinforced to me. Um, but I think the concept is there as far as getting the suggestions mm -hmm. somehow. Um, yeah. But then, and I don't know that my account is connected between New Home Source and Home Love necessarily mm. either. I haven't had a chance to test that out, but I, I do think it's it's got potential there. I, um, I also noticed, and I'll make a video of this and post it in the Market Proof Marketing Group on oh. Facebook. If you choose bathrooms mm -hmm. and then scroll through, what I said about kitchens, it's like times 10. It's like, oh okay, every home builder bathroom looks exactly the same. And every once in a while, there was a... Um, a washer and a dryer and a kitchen sink. So I think how they're, how the <laughs> images are being tagged also is something that, but I mean, it's just day one. This is literally just launched today. Uh, go Definitely. check it out and see what you guys uh, feel about For it. For sure. Lesson learned on this one is if your pictures are bad, it's not going to work. It, but it's almost good for you, like a competitive analysis, like, hey, how does our stuff look? And if you don't even pick mm -hmm. your own product, there might be an issue. Um, like, and a lot of it, I was on there. I'm like, oh, and I was analyzing it from our perspective. I'm like, oh, that's really nice kitchen, but the picture's terrible. Like I could see people not clicking on that because the angle's wrong. The lighting's all crazy versus the kitchen that is, has beautiful photography, but it's just average pictures. Yeah. But I mean, good, good job uh, on BDX's part of just For trying sure. something new and, and, you know, if they can iterate on it, I think it, it definitely could be. Um, a new way of, especially for people who are just starting to think about moving, a good mm -hmm. kind of idea book, uh, Pinterest-like experience, which I think is what they were going for. Definitely. All right. Awesome. Uh, quick break. And then we're going to have a special 360 topic discussion with our very own Jen Barkin, online sales coach extraordinaire here at Do You Convert, about working with real estate agents and brokers. And she has a unique perspective and experience on this that you may not know. And we'll be back with her in just a minute.
we're back with someone very special. Jen Barkin, again, online sales coach extraordinaire. She's been with us for over a year and a half now, right, Jen? Yes. Yes. I am uh, been so excited to join this team and I'm honored you're having me on today, Kevin and Andrew. It is an honor. <laughs> it's it. like family time. We have is, family calls. Is. This is just another one of those calls, but we have a couple hundred guests uh, as listening in on our family call today. Oh, so scary. let me give everyone a little bit of an introduction for those of you who may not know Jen, which most of you do. Prior to joining Do You Convert, worked for a a general real estate company who had a new homes division. And uh, before she explains what that is, because I, a long time ago, I'd be like, what, what does that even mean? What? In, <laughs> in the other um, shining star in her history is that in 2016, she was named the online sales consultant of the year by NHB awesome. sales and marketing council. And before okay. that you were silver, right? You silver, were silver yeah. Money. Silver in 2015 and gold in 2016. Good job, Kevin. I imagine that you have already rewritten a version of Burl Ives, Silver and Gold um, <laughs> to, to somehow tie into that, right? How'd you know? <laughs> Every I'm Christmas. I'm on the composition right now. And, and you made a version of your trophy that goes on top of your Christmas yes, tree. Yes, exactly. Right? As, the, as the star, I imagine. Exactly. So like I, like I said at the beginning, Jen, what, what exactly is a new home division of a real estate company. Yeah, for sure. So um, the company I worked for was a general brokerage company. So it was a real estate brokerage and there was a resale division, you know, used homes as we call it in our industry. And then there was a new homes division. And in the new homes division, uh, we represented about 25 different builders wow. across, across Hampton Roads, which is where I'm located. So we did the sales and marketing for 25 different builders at one time. And when we started the online sales program, I was the OSC for the new homes division. So somebody calling in, I could talk about all 25 of the builders that we represented. That sounds and wow. 25. <laughs> it was a little daunting. I would, I, I would agree with you. Yes. How did you keep that straight? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and, and then to add another layer to it, Kevin, is that, you know, after we kind of got this program up and running, something happened that we, we really didn't anticipate. Some of our builders said, well, hey, I want my own online sales specialist. Like, this mm. is great that, that Jen is handling mm -hmm. the leads coming into the broker for me. But what about the leads coming into my website? And I said, "Well, hey, I can do that too." <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll handle the leads on your website and the leads on the broker's website. And how did I do that? Right? That seems like a huge conflict. It's a lot of leads. A lot of leads. Both. And both. also, yeah. like, yeah, like, how do you even keep that organized or even try to manage that process? And for me, the answer was Lasso CRM because uh -huh. I was able to separate everything by projects and not have anything kind of cross over to each other. Everything was very separated. And so now you know why Jen is the secret weapon, because <laughs> in terms of like one of the things that 
um, Mike and I and, and other experts in different parts of the industry will talk about is, you know, anyone can do something well once, right? Mm-hmm. You might've just gotten lucky. It may have been the market. You know, you were the best marketer ever in 2006 and then you weren't anymore. You know, that, or you only, you only have success in one builder, maybe because the culture or that builder didn't care about profit margins. So you just did fantastic. Um, but repeated success is a sign mm-hmm. that you are becoming an expert at something. And, you know, Jim, what you were able to do is be with one organization, but essentially you have to, I mean, you yeah. say lasso, like it was the answer and it was, but the real answer was you had to get all those other builders to want to use lasso oh. to some extent. Right? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when we first, um, you know, heard Mike Lyon speak about online sales back in, I think it was 2012, I think is when we first heard. And and at the time I was, I was actually the operations manager for the real estate company. So I was looking at it from a management perspective saying, we're missing a huge opportunity. Like our leads are coming in, but we don't really know what's happening with them. And so it was a huge culture shift. One, for a real estate company to now tell their independent contractor realtors that, hey, Jen is now going to manage your leads and your calendar and set appointments for you. So that was the first <laughs> hurdle. Yeah, and, then, like fun. <laughs> and then, hey, Mr. Builder, I'm going to manage your leads. And also uh, I'm going to now require this uh, CRM system and this huge culture shift, and I'm going to make your agents do all this. So it was definitely a, a quicker, actually quicker turnaround than I anticipated. As soon as they started seeing success, it definitely spread like a wildfire. Then it was like, Oh, builder a has it now. Builder B wants it. Oh, Builder B has it. Now I got to have it. Are you saying that builders like to copy each other? (laughs) I will say that it was a very competitive market for sure. Uh Uh-huh. For sure. Yep. Yep. Even though the copying part is, is, I'm sure, some of it. The other part is, like you said, just being able to share examples without giving away secrets of success that other people Mm -hmm. were seeing. And yeah. You know, one of the other things that you did so well was just branding um, yourself and that service that you were providing both directly to the builders as well as directly to the consumers. And that's the other part about Jen that you need to know is that she does have a special place in her heart for people who have four legs, uh, specifically (laughs) four legs and bark. Uh, So talk a little bit about that because it wouldn't be fair not to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not only passionate about online sales, but I'm very passionate about um, pups. So helping in, in, in animal rescue. And honestly, it was one day I was sitting with my husband and it was right around the time of, you know, when they were talking about all the Super Bowl commercials. So all you marketing folks listening, you know, they were talking about the, the best you know, Super Bowl ads, right? And they have dogs in them and they have babies in them, right? <laughs> so my husband and I were sitting there listening to this and I'm like, you know, there's got to be a way for me to really brand this Ask Gen program. And let me kind of go back real quick and say that the Ask Gen program that we started 
as an online sales specialist was primarily to humanize the the realtor image mm-hmm. because you know I was a realtor working for a broker but also the online salesperson and so sometimes you know you don't we found that some people calling in they really just they didn't want to be sold by a realtor they didn't want to hook up with a realtor right away right so I had to kind of we wanted to soften and humanize my image more. So that's kind of how the Ask Gen brand started in the first place. But trying to figure out a way to build that brand and reach more people. Um, and I'm hearing this about the dogs and I'm like, you know, that's my passion too. How can I marry the two together? How can I cross over dogs and homes and my builders. And if and you looked at all those print publications in the grocery store from 10 years ago, the answer would be to find a dog who looks just like you, oh. put a hat on them and put them in every print ad that you run. And the shopping carts. Exactly. So that's what, awesome. that was your strategy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, you know, it, it's now, I think back, so this was like 2015, probably I was like, you know, I got to come up with something other than print ad and dressing like my dog. So I said, how about I go pick up a pup, like a, a shelter pup, go pick up a shelter pup, take them with me on a field trip to one of our new home communities and feature the home and the dog um, on like a, a social feed. So a live Facebook, a live Twitter feed. Uh, we even did Instagram kind of all at once. And it was featuring the pup in the home, was talking, I did interviews with the on-site. And this combination, I mean, it just took off because it was a feel good for the builder. If the dog got adopted, the builder would sponsor their adoption mm, fee. Cool. So the, you know, the, yeah, the bill, so we would promote, Hey, builder, you know, is, is paying the adoption fee. And so it really was a great feel-good community thing that we did. And the home and the community got featured. The dog got featured. And from that program, you know, we adopted out like 65 dogs in a, in a course of like wow. two years. Which is amazing, including a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> celebrity, yes. Yes. Meredith Oliver herself. Yes. Uh, she got sure did. One of the puppies that you had on your show. Yeah. She awesome. was, she was, she tuned in to... I think Kevin, you tuned into that one too. I can remember you popping up. Um, she tuned into that Facebook live post that we did in the shelter and uh-huh. it was love at first sight. And then as any good online sales specialist would do, <laughs> I followed up with her later that day and said, I noticed you really liked uh, Hershey. How about we, we make this happen? And she said, Oh my gosh, you're killing me, Jen. And she drove up. She drove up from Raleigh and adopted the dog the next day. So that was very hey, cool. I just thought of a new um, marketing campaign for Lasso too. We get Jen um, on the cover of <laughs> of the Lasso software box that doesn't really exist, and then we steal the tagline from Frosted Flakes, and it's Lasso. It's great. Wouldn't that be? <laughs> oh my! I'm yeah. Telling you that will. I think. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That that'll work. Okay, let's um right let's transition over to talking more about, you know, 
you worked for a general real estate company. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of the interactions that you had as an online sales specialist was with mm -hmm. real estate agents. Um, for sure. So we want to pick your brain because mm -hmm. agents are kind of a mystery. You know, some builders just outright hate them. Uh, some builders understand they're part in the process, but there's this kind of like, um, are they my friend? Are they not? And this kind of shadowy relationship between builder and real estate yeah, agent. So for sure. talk a little bit about your experience working with agents and brokers and, and kind of how you, how you were able to win them over, develop relationships, really. You know, we have to respect the realtor. I mean, like you said, Kevin, when you were talking at, at the beginning of your podcast here, you know, nine out of 10 people are using realtors or using agents, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a fact, like we can't get around that. So whether you like them, love them, hate them, whatever, they are around. <laughs> They're here yep. to stay for now anyway. So, you know, when I was an online sales specialist, you know, forming those relationships and getting them to see me as a resource was the biggest challenge. And that's really what I, I focused on. You know, I focused on the message that, hey, guys, you know, where's your where's your first go to when you're searching for a home for your client, you're going to go to MLS, All right, you're going to go to MLS, and you're going to see what's available. Well, in our market, you know, the new home new homes weren't always in MLS, right? right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes there wasn't you know, there weren't things in there that I had the knowledge about. I ha I was the resource. So I would always really have that as a strong message. Like, you know, Hey, call me first because one, I work with 45 different communities uh -huh. in the area. Right. So I know what's going on across the, the whole, you know, Hampton roads and I'm going to have firsthand information about anything new anything that's not an MLS, things that exist that aren't an MLS yet. Um, so think of me first. And so it took some time, but having that consistent message in my follow-up, I mean, I treated any realtor just as I would a prospect. You know, if a realtor called me, they went into my CRM and I followed up with them just as I would a prospective buyer. Just like you were saying, your your messaging, if not even sometimes your title, has to shift from mm -hmm. talking about a single community to offering and talking about yourself right. as a service. You're now a a realtor concierge, not just concierge, an online sales yep. specialist for And I would I would you know, I would talk to them as if they were a partner. You know, that's really what it's about is you're creating a partnership. So you're my real estate partner. You know, we all have a common goal of helping people, you know, find a home of their, find the home of their dreams and getting them to the finish line of a, you know, of a sale and then a, and then a close. And so, you know, that's how I positioned myself and, you know, with the Ask Jen brand and also just, you know, as an online sales specialist, treating them like regular prospects that consistent message of me being the resource, the concierge, there to help, there to make their job easier. Like, call me, I'll do the legwork. You know, don't waste your time searching through MLS. You know, let it, and, and then we always, we always, you know, promoted the fact that 
it's an easy process when you work with a new home builder, you know, where, you know, it's not all the inspections and all the paperwork you have to deal with. We handle everything for you. Definitely. Yeah. I think one of the other key things that you said there was, and that you were able to help them with the entire area. And so not everyone who's going to be listening, you know, a lot of marketers, some online salespeople, some division presidents, et cetera. And one of the things that always struck me as tough is it's very typical for a sales manager or VP of sales to tell the agents, I want you to develop your own corral of real estate agents that, you know, you network with regularly and get to know you. And in the back of my mind, before I became that manager myself, I was always thinking, yeah, but why does a realtor want to get to know one person who can help them in one community? And that's where if you have this role, Mm -hmm. whether you call them an online sales specialist, a new home concierge, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. who can help them with everything. In fact, you know, Steve Shoemaker at Ideal Homes, uh, who was on uh, the podcast uh, several months ago, he has a dedicated real estate uh, liaison who is not a new home specialist like, like, uh, like we work with typically. He literally just lives and breathes real estate agents and networking and yeah. helping them with, with any location. Well, you know, and, you know, we had some builders too that were, were very negative about, you know, brokers and real estate realtors. And, you know, of course the, the preference is that it's a, a site sale, not a, not a Coburg sale, but the reality was in our market, 70% of the sales were Coburg. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, how can I leverage that? I mean, that's the reality. So, you know, it, you know, and the other thing I was thinking about too, as you were talking just now, Kevin, is that one thing that I think we forget too, when we're, when we're talking about realtors is, you know, they're independent contractors. They are responsible for their own marketing in mm-hmm. most cases, like they do their own marketing they have to self promote, right? Whereas yep. when you're when you work for a new home builder, the, the builder does the marketing, right? It's the, the on sites usually aren't doing their own marketing, right? So I found a really great way to to bridge that gap and to to really create those relationships was cross promotion with them. Oh, so I if I had that. a oh my gosh, if I had a yeah, if I had a great experience with them, you know, they, you know, they had, they took out an appointment, ended up going to sale, you know, whatever, you know, thanking them on social media, tagging them and their company and their Facebook page and promoting them. That was huge. And then, you know, you put a little boosted money to it to, oh, yeah. to promote engagement, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like a win-win for everybody. And, you tell me they're not going to think about you next time they have a buyer. That's, you know, and then, you know, attend as a, as a marketer and as a new home specialist or builder, whoever, you know, get, bring them into your world when you have different events and, and broker events, they, I mean, get them on camera, interview them. What do you think about the community? You know, thanks for coming to our grand opening. We really appreciate it. You know, any chance you can to cross promote them, um, I found was extremely, you know, yeah. valuable and effective. I remember being on a coaching call fairly recently where someone said, you know, what do I do, Kevin? Because this agent took a tour of my community and then of the model and did it all live on Facebook. And I, 
and how, how do I get rid of that? Because he's just trying to steal my people. And I said, no, well, hold on, no. hold on a second. Like, awesome. was he being negative? <laughs> was he, what, 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 what is wrong about that? And it's just, that goes back to that perception of, are we working together or not? And, and how you view that. But I, my suggestion to them was, can, can we reach proactively out to them and say, thank you so much. How can we incorporate this material, give you credit in it? And, and by the way, do you need a map to other locations or, you know, how about you come out? I mean, I just, I don't, yeah. Going back to uh, the, as the market flows is typically how this works, right? When the Mm -hmm. market's hot, everyone wants to cut commissions and and lock, lock real estate agents out Mm -hmm. and agents have a really good memory, right? Jen, about a couple things. And one of those is, if you've treated them personally poorly in the past or cut them out from earning a commission, mm-hmm. uh, a legitimate commission that they should have gotten. And I just think it's a terrible marketing long-term, if you're in this game for the long-term, terrible strategy to discount the value that they can provide. Exactly. What goes around comes around. We know that this industry and market is cyclical and you know we have to... We have to embrace. We have to embrace it and not and not fight it and and look at ways to continue to partner. Definitely. So I'm I'm going to share one way that um, we found as a builder, uh, tactically speaking, that was was pretty successful for us when I was um, at Heartland Homes in Pittsburgh. And then uh, Jen, if you can give an example, and and then we'll let Andrew ask a couple more questions, and we'll and we'll wrap up for today. But it was uh, what we called a dine and dash. And um, we would just set up at, at a local restaurant uh, bar. Um, we'd get a whole bunch of $20 gift cards to that restaurant. Um, this was, a, it was called Atria's. It was just like a local TGI Fridays kind of place. And the pitch was, hey, we're going to have these different events in different parts of town. And if you're a real estate agent, all you have to do is come in. We'll have food and drinks for you. Uh, there from in, in like a private room or a section or, or at the bar. We'll have stuff ready for you to just grab a meal, a quick, quick bite to eat, a drink, get all the information about all of our communities and a gift card to come back at some point for dinner uh, when we're not there. So it's not like you have to sit through a pitch or a presentation. It was just get in, get out on your way home or on your way to an appointment that evening. And we would, you know, we would get easily 30 to at times, uh, you know, 75 agents, um, just cause it was just convenient for them and their schedule. They knew that we weren't trying to pen them in for an hour or say, do you got a, got someone for me now? Yeah. It was just kind of like, Hey, come, come get a, and that's the other thing is real estate agents still want, um, hard copies of stuff, right? A lot of them are mm-hmm. not as technologically mm-hmm. skilled. And so they like getting a packet of yeah. here's the latest information. Um, but anything like that that you found to be well, yeah, successful? as you were talking, I, I just was thinking about something that that we did that I just thought about when you said they want something convenient too, and that on you know that they don't have to sit and list, listen to a big spiel and all this stuff, right? Uh-huh. So we did a few times um, like virtual open houses. Where, uh-huh. so think about this, you know, typical realtor now in 2018 doesn't really go to the office, right? They're more virtual. They work from home. They work, you know, from their car all around, right? They're not in an office setting. And we were having these broker events, right? To try to get realtors to come check out the community, like a luncheon, right? Typical broker yep. luncheon. 
Okay. And we were getting very low attendance, right? And we were like, okay, what we need to do this differently. How about if we have a virtual open house where we promote it? Like we are going to be live for our virtual open house on Wednesday at one o'clock. Okay. And we did it like on Facebook, YouTube, whatever. But they had to watch the whole video, like the whole <laughs> 10 minute video, because at the end of the video, and, and the video was basically walking through the house quickly, talking with the on site sales exec, getting the information to them. This is what we have. This is the price point. This is what we have available, spec homes, whatever. At the end of the video, we would um, ask them a question and they had to submit the um, answer to be placed in a drawing that they would then win. But they, so they didn't hmm. get the question until the very end gotcha. of the video. That way we knew they watched it and they, we knew that they got the information because it was really just about making sure they got the information that they knew where yep. we were located and they knew what we had to offer. And so it worked really well. And we actually had people really, we were able to reach more people that way. Um, instead yeah, of just can, waiting. Yeah. Instead of just wait and they could watch it on their own time and we would cut it off. Exactly. Like you have until, you know, Tuesday at 12 to get your answer in to be, you know, for the drawing or whatever. Um, but yeah, it worked really well awesome. and it was fun. Yeah. Different and very cost effective than having a big luncheon and, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, easy to duplicate yeah, easy, exactly. multiple easy, times. Easy. Yeah. So here's a quick question for you. And it's mm -hmm. going all the way back to the beginning because I'm trying to do some numbers in my head. So this is way at the beginning <laughs> on a given month. Okay. And this is a super quick question. Number of, number of leads. Oh, like I know you what this, generally I know manage because be. I was like, okay, 25 ish <laughs> builders. I think you said like around 40 something communities. I'm having mm -hmm. I'm having heart attacks all day long. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how many? Yeah, you're calls having a, a, a panic attack. Like how? Number of leads. Well, it actually wasn't. Well, before before Jen, you answer. Let's just qualify this with when Jen left, they replaced her with two people. That's awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because no one else can replace Jed, right? So there. Yeah. Go ahead. But I mean, in terms of the number, may not be. Yeah, the number astronomical. wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as crazy mm -hmm. as you would think, Andrew. Um, it was, it would range anywhere from, you know, a hundred to 150 a month. Okay. So it really wasn't that it really was totally manageable for one person, but what was hard, I mean, you say, Oh, 150, you could do that all day. But when you are, sh when you are mind shifting back and forth between yeah. 25 yeah. different builders, mm -hmm. that's what is, that's what is time consuming and, and mind, you know, it's hard to, to switch your mind around like that. So, yeah. Yeah. When we talk about long-term follow-up and you know, oh, wow. pull your list and yeah. lasso it, and hit send, yes. like, Can you, you got to be, yeah. you gotta be <laughs> a little bit careful about how you approach, yeah. you know, and make sure every message is going to the right audience mm -hmm. and, and contextually right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a lot of these builders weren't, for, for Andrew's benefit and, and those listening, these weren't builders necessarily that had 20 different communities or sold, no. you know, 300 homes each. Mm -hmm. These are Small, smaller guys mm -hmm. who needed your help. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller yep. guys, um, you know, 60 homes a year, maybe some of them 12 homes a year, gotcha. some of them all over. In between. regional. Yeah. Yeah. All over and in between. Exactly. Very cool. Exactly. That was, I was like, yeah. my mind is blown. Cause that is, Oh, I you know. know. I know. That's like us. We shift our minds from 
build a partner to build a partner all over the place. So it's a little bit different, but you're like on the fly. Got a phone call. Mm-hmm. They're asking about this one. Two seconds later, I have an answer. Yeah. Like that yeah. is super impressive. Mm-hmm. That yep. is awesome. I, in fact, I space out my calls during the day to give myself a half hour. And I know Mike does the same thing. Yeah. You know, you get off with one builder and you hop on with another. You have to like, you know, take take a break, get a drink of coffee and kind of like reset Regroup. your mind and then go mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in and look. So to do that on the fly with phone calls and, and text messages coming in and everything else, that's that's still incredible. I think you should be the new home salesperson of the year for doing something <laughs> like that. That's right. Hey. <laughs> uh, Jen, thanks so much for coming yes, on with us. Any you. last bit of, of parting wisdom if there's someone um, like you listening? How about this? Um, it's not necessarily broker related, but it, uh, a new online salesperson for a home builder or someone who wants to approach their career as if it was new. Um, what would be your like single most important tip uh, that at least is coming to mind right now? I would say because I've been listening to a lot of phone calls lately, a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. recorded calls, I would say the biggest thing that you guys really need to keep in mind is just relax and have a conversation with these people. You know, just take, take the first 10 seconds of the phone call to build some rapport. You know, I think sometimes we get caught up in what we're supposed to say and that are maybe our call is being recorded and we kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. I just wrote a blog about it actually you know it's almost like you have like brain freeze like oh what am I supposed to say I want you to kind of just forget about that for a second and be excited one that they actually picked up the phone and called you because that's a big deal and then two just spend a few minutes having the, a nice conversation with them find out what they actually want and once you do that, you'll be able to help them better than just quickly yeah. trying to move to an appointment. Like, you know, cause sometimes we get rushed and we get nervous and we get excited that we just kind of forget to spend a few minutes building rapport and asking questions. Well, we're so used to that experience as consumers of asking mm-hmm. for help, you know, at a Best Buy or a Target or, you know, someone comes up and says, can I help you? And you're just trained to expect that what you're going to tell me is the same mm-hmm. thing I could read myself on the label there. Or if I just turn the box mm-hmm. over, <laughs> I could find it out myself. Right. So I think that's the other thing that that's similar to what you're saying is by proving value, it's not just the rapport building, but showing that the value you mm-hmm. provide is you're not just regurgitating the pricing that they can see in front of them. Right. Exactly. You're, you're able to give them more and in context to them specifically. Right. And I think right. once people hear that and they hear the enthusiasm in your voice, that then they settle down and they'll tell you their story and they want to ask other questions that they didn't even feel like um, would be appropriate or that they would, you know, it's like, why bother asking? Because this person is not really going to care. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a great one. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jen, again, thanks so much for yeah, joining us. Uh, that was my pleasure. Definitely. Go check out all of her blog posts. Uh, you can find those at doyouconvert.com. Thank you. And we're back. That was great hearing from Jen. I've, I've been looking forward to having her on for a while. We're on episode, is this 18 now? Yes. Yeah, yeah 18. 18. I'm like, when are we having Jen? Because we had Mike. I think he was around like five or six. And then we'll have, we'll have to have um, the rest of the crew on. 
you know. Oh yeah, we got to space it out though. Like like any yeah, we have to know, space it out. And it like chick Chick fil A chicken. You can't just you can't give in to the temptation every time you want. You got to space it out or. No, you can't. Uh, like well, all, all but you could start food. breakfast. You could have the minis, and then lunch you could have <laughs> tenders, and dinner you could have the sandwich. So that's they're a little different, right? I don't. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Chicken. And I'm going to edit all that out. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. So let's go to last week's question of the week, which we uh, forgot to ask on the show. So uh, we did, and that I was that was my fault. I put it in the group this morning. I'm like, you know, we should probably ask that. We're recording today, and sure enough, we had a lot of responses. So. Definitely get in the group because it's it's active when there are questions, but it won't spam your feed like some Facebook groups do where it just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, Mark Proof Marketing on Facebook. So the question was, have you had a VR or AR experience yet? Did you like it? Love it? Hate it? And the responses were were interesting. I was, I was very surprised. Um, I'll jump to the first one here. Let me load this up. Um, we have Mike. Uh, he said, thanks to Garrett, we have VR available of some plans oops, let me go backwards we have veil we have vr available of plans but not not modeled in our sales offices we would love some practical ideas on how to get to stage it and get customers to want to use it we currently have a station set up with branded goggles and a qr code for people to load it up and view it on their phones not a lot of people seem to care or want to use it yet dot 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 yeah I think that's a hard one. You know, if you're in a model home, you want to view the home. It's, it's almost feels like a distraction. Like, yeah, let me go see the real thing that I got in my car and drove here for. Mm-hmm. Um, and Martha kind of echoed that sentiment with her comment, you know, same, we, same dot, dot, dot. We have, we have the, the tools, but we're not really seeing them be utilized. And then Charlie, um, Hey Charlie, I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, said a good friend of mine does drafting work for higher end custom homes and purchased an Oculus Rift headset to use with Chief Architect. It was really cool checking it out at his house, but his customers do not really care about it. Similar reaction to the earlier post, it sounds like. Um, so yeah, it's this weird. Um, There's a common theme here. Like they're not comfortable. There's a comfort issue. It seems like. Yeah, no one wants to look silly in front of someone else, and this relates both to the sales team who doesn't want to pull this out and say. Hey, do you want to use this thing that only breaks 20% of the time when we try to use it? I mean, I can't offer you any tech support, but do you want to give it a try? Um, so there's, there's that perspective. And then there's the customer's perspective, which is, I just met you two minutes ago, and now you want to put me, put, have me put this thing on my head, which means I won't be able to see anyone else mm-hmm. around me. Um, this is a little, a little uncomfortable. So there's definitely an aspect of just comfort. There's also an, an element of we talked about this with Matterport. Some people, even even Matterports, which are the simplest 3D tour that you can yep. do, doesn't require you putting anything on your head, just clicking on the mouse or using the arrows. A lot of times those get un, go unused at, as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they, they provide a more in-depth experience of the home without actually being in the home. But people tend to, like the pictures are always used. Like, okay, all the pictures are viewed, but then... Only X percent, mm-hmm. very few, are using the Matterport. Um, of course, we don't know which one. Like, are the leads using the Matterport? And so, like, the people that do end up contacting you, like, that helps put them over the edge. I don't know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And that's why you know my suggestion was just uh, making sure that you have event tracking on your site to see what content mm-hmm. that's that's available and accessible on your site for anyone to view. What content is being used and does it have any relationship to people who are, are ultimately making it through the process? You know, so if, 
if you can have your web developer set up event tracking and analytics to very clearly say, hey, this is someone just interacted with the rendering house app. You know, they click the button yep. to go load up that embedded pop-up um, or, you know, hey, someone just hit play on the Matterport and start to look at some of that data. Because I have a feeling that this stuff is getting used more frequently in the privacy of your own home than it is in a sales Definitely. environment, even though we'd all love for that to happen. Oh, for yeah. sure. So, for sure. I love it. Yeah. The other, the other kind of interesting thing there was a lot of people saying they provide a tool or cardboard, Google Cardboard or, or some way for people to use this in the office. Um, the, the simplest one, in fact, I have one right behind me, is an Oculus Go. Uh, it does not require, there's no cables, there's no phone, there's no computer hookup. It's just a completely self-contained mm -hmm. unit. It's only 200 bucks. Uh, it has 3D stereo built into it. You still have to strap it on your head, um, but it's the it's the easiest strap on your head <laughs> device uh, that that's out there, and it, and the quality is actually very very good. For, for and uh, you know, Oculus is owned by Facebook, um, so they've been pumping in all that extra money to refine the technology. Definitely. But if you are going to have something in your sales office, this is I mean, it can go anywhere. There are, there are no wires or or anything. Gotcha. And I'm sure the charge lasts lasts a quite a bit of time. If it gets if it gets forgotten yeah. to yep. charge it at night or something, it probably keeps going and going and going. So, mm -hmm. Very cool. Yep, and in, and includes a remote oh. as well. So in terms of using Matterports, you know, you can still move around. Uh, that's you know, a lot of those headsets you have to click something on the screen itself, which can become cumbersome. Too, I wonder so. if they. Uh, this might be thinking too much about it. If people have set up a more private area to do to have this on like you know what i mean like something where it's like people feel like i'm not being judged if other people are walking around as well and so they well yeah the hard part mm. is though they still don't know how to use it so they do need the help yeah. i mean if they've never done this before they don't understand what they're even supposed to do with this thing and that's why i'm glad you reminded me about this i'm super proud of of mr shoemaker and the team at ideal homes um, because they actually implemented something that I oh, nice. started talking about at our online summit uh, three and a half years ago now, which is they're taking Matterport tours and they're doing screen capture videos of themselves using the Matterport tours on their own website. And so what that does is people who would never interact with that are able to be exposed to in a very simple video showing them how they're using the Matterport. So they're watching it be used and their voiceover while the oh. video is playing is giving added insight into the floor plan. So they'll say things like, here we are in the foyer and it was designed in such a way gotcha. to provide, you know, a great walking path from this part of the home, to this part of the home and have these different features and touch points. And they're then putting those on Facebook um, as, as ads and they're doing fantastic. That is cool. Um, it's like a, it's a tour. You're giving the tour with it, except without having to do the tour yourself, essentially. Exactly. And, you know, that's what builders need to do more of. If you're going to invest in technology or applications, you need to create, um, less technical ways to introduce them than just saying, Hey, here's this thing over here you've never seen before. Don't really know what it does or how it works. Click it. It's going right. to be cool. We promise. Oh, Bye. Put this on your head. That doesn't, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's not going to work. So just even, even doing an introductory video about, hey, we have 50 Matterport tours on our site. Here's how they work. 
um, from the voice of the builder is a great idea. Very cool. Awesome. And um, this week's question of the week is what, Andrew? It is what percentage of your home sales come from real estate agents? Tying it back to having Jen on talking about that. So what percent come from real estate agents? And then um, I guess if you're able to comment, if you're multi-state or division, like if there's a big variance, that would be interesting to see if you know, one state is completely different than the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest thing is that there will be a big uh, sh- uh, range here mm-hmm. for sure. At Heartland, our co-op rate was only around 28% most of the eight years that I was there. And so when you hear these other stats about nine out of 10 using agents and, and higher percentages in different markets, you think, wow. But remember, most homes are used home yep. transactions. So that's almost always going to have an agent uh, connected to it, at least on one side of the transaction, um, if not both. And um, and it will vary greatly by market. Uh, so some markets just tend to be more heavily dominated by real estate agents than others. But um, it's not a, ooh, your number's good, my number's nope. bad. It's just interesting. And understanding that they always play a role um, despite whether... Now, the one thing I will say is you're... Your marketing expense in terms of commissions for real estate agents is obviously going to be significantly higher um, total expense if you have an 80% co-op rate. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to change it. You might, you might be able to, but it doesn't necessarily mean um, you That's have true. to. I just know as soon as we start throwing out numbers out there, someone's like, I oh, know, but my no. number's really bad. It's all, my, why is my number bad? Yeah. It's all relative. It's all relative. All relative. Definitely. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. Meet the whole team. Uh, All kinds of great stuff that you can can learn about. And and that new thing that we teased at the beginning, you'll hear about it first there as well. That tool for everyone to use to get better. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. 